the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's a portion of our program brought by Henry Oil. Remember, this winter, make the switch. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, oil burner service and installation. It's Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass., you can depend on Henry Oil. Reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline. It's Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200 for Henry Oil. Well, folks, it's John DePietro on this Monday. And, you know, some of the things I just want to touch on, and we're going to bring the latest as they're still trying to now force President Trump out of office. How about the fact that Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline is trying to fundraise off this whole situation? He sent out a fundraising letter off what happened on Wednesday, and that is cl- completely despicable. And then you also have the general treasurer, Seth Magaziner, who wants a rep to step down simply for being there. He sent out a press release. Rhode Island General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, who wants to run for governor, who now sees that Dan McKee has the leg up on him because McKee's going to be the governor. And he wrote, at a time when American democracy is under siege from conspiracy theorists and white supremacists determined to overturn the free and fair presidential election, Representative Justin Price has abused his platform by amplifying false conspiracy theories Surrounding the attack on the Capitol, his behavior risks inflaming an already charged situation by encouraging those seeking to overturn the election. And so he wants him to resign. He also mentions Price refused to wear a mask when the House met last week. Folks, the, the disgraceful nature here is that of General Treasurer Seth Magazina, who also wrote he should resign from the House if he does not. The House Republican should expel him to make clear that his behavior does not represent the Republican Party in our state. All wrong. You know why Magazina wants him to resign? Because he went to Washington. Representative Justin Price, a Republican state rep now, state rep, he went to Washington to show his, by the way, former Marine, although many people say once a Marine, always a Marine, a Marine holds office went to Washington, show his support for President Trump. And because of that, they want him to step down. Because of that, they want him to resign. That's what it's really about. They can come up with all different sorts of things that they're talking about. And because of this, he's not, look how the way this is trying to be framed, that if you support the president, anyone that was in Washington, they try to say was a white supremacist. Anyone that questions the election, now you're a conspiracy theorist. See how they're trying to turn the tables? Now, if you haven't seen any of this, please visit the website, dipetro.com. I have his letter. I have the Cicilline letter. Folks, dipetro.com, D-E-P-T-R-O.com. Remember, dipetro.com is brought to you by Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems, building security, security cameras. Online, allstatelock.com, or call them 401-349-0042. But this is uh, disgraceful. Listen, this guy, this rep, he, where's the, where's the crime? He went to Washington and he attended a speech by the president of the United States and then he walked down to the Capitol. Where's the crime? We're told it was a very small percentage of people that were involved with any type of wrongdoing. And listen, those that did, if they need to be charged with trespassing, they need to be charged with trespassing. If they broke a window, they need to be charged with whatever the penalty is. Whatever those penalties are, they need to listen. Then, And I'm sure they would know that. If you broke something, hit something, if you stole something, you're going to be held accountable for it. I have no problem with that. But don't start now going for anyone that was there. You know, what they're trying to say is if you were inside, you're just as guilty as those who are outside. And if you were just there, they're trying to make you a participant. That is ludicrous. There were literally hundreds of thousands of people at the Trump speech. There were. And then not that many, but there were thousands of people at the Capitol. Most people at the Capitol were outside, and most people at the Capitol had no idea what was going on inside. But the fact now, folks, business as usual, 
whether it's Cicilline or that magazine or now. I mean, this is really disgraceful. Trying to cash in on it, score political points, really reprehensible. We're going to have that and a lot more right here on The John DePietro Show. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today. 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain. 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. Time for a segment, Politics This Week. With me, he's the managing editor for OceanStateCard.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. This was a controversy kind of brewed over the weekend where um, you have a, a state representative, Republican Justin Price, and he went down to uh, Washington on Wednesday and then uh, was kind of having a back and forth with the reporter for Rhode Island NPR, basically, Rhode Island Public Radio, Ian Donison. Um so anyhow, he was questioning exactly who was involved with the melee. And um, and suddenly you had a rep, progressive rep, brand new one, by the way, step forward, Brandon Potter, and said he wants Justin Price to resign. And then the general treasurer 
statewide office holder, Seth Magaziner, stepped forward. They now have a petition going. And just so we're clear with everyone listening, I recognize a lot of people are hearing about this story for the first time. But it's it's basically a Rhode Island Republican representative at the state house went down to Washington. There is uh, no report that he was involved with any wrongdoing. Uh, there's no report that he entered the Capitol. He basically went to the Trump speech and like literally hundreds of thousands of other people walked over the Capitol. Based on that, they basically want him to resign and then are forcing and want the uh, the either the Republican Party to disown him or I, I also just want to give context to people. House Speaker, brand new Joe Sakachi, did issue a statement yesterday saying that he would wait to hear from the Rhode Island U.S. attorney. But if there was no wrongdoing, um, but you have these progressive reps that want him uh, to resign, forced out of office. I'd want to discuss it and hear some of your thoughts on it. Well, the, the the one thing that keeps coming to mind recently is all that talk we've ever heard about McCarthyism or uh, the rights of free speech and all that, anything that the left has ever said along those lines, putting uh, opposition to racism and bigotry and genocide is starting to seem a lot like it's just, it's not so much against those things in, in themselves. They don't care so much about those things as long as they're the ones benefiting from them. I mean, this is, I mean, Magaziner put out his statement on his treasury letterhead. Yeah. And this is this is just incredible. It's very, I mean, it just shows you what the the dangerous rhetoric of the the political left. The idea that just anybody in a large crowd at a voicing their voicing their opinion, their political opinion as Americans, just to be there is some kind of unheard of, unforgivable sin. Uh, it, it's just it's it's just so it's it's so. In, incredibly offensive, especially after a year of hearing about mostly peaceful protests. That's right. Uh, it, all this stuff. You know, if if you watch all the videos, and I've I've spent a lot of time watching every perspective of Wednesday's yes. incident as I could find, you you do one thing you definitely get is that there's there are very there are actually a relatively small number of bad actors. We're yes. not talking about a city being burned to the ground and loot stores being looted by dozens or hundreds of people. This was, I mean, the, the, if you watch in particular the videos of the moment when uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot, um, there's one. It looked to me like one, maybe two people broke the windows in those doorways. So it wasn't as if this crowd of hundreds of people ran up and started smashing everything they could find. Um, that, so the idea that, and to me, the and I'm, I'll have a post on this up on Ocean State Current soon, the idea that, I mean, you can, there are two videos. One video is, they're both shocking in their way. One video shows a bunch of the, the this group is probably rightly called rioters, attacking police officers in a doorway. In fact, pulling one out and one person, it looks like, starts to beat on the, the police officer. That's wrong and terrible. Now contrast that with another doorway where it looks like the police essentially opened it up and stood back and, and let the demonstrators stroll on in. Yes. That's the other protest. That's a protest. That's a demonstration. And that's a very American, even if they were trespassing. The only reason they couldn't go in a building was because of, I think, overly restricted COVID restrictions. But those are the two contrasts. And what we're hearing and the rhetoric from the likes of Magaziner is that everybody has to be treated as if they were the ones pulling police out of the doorway engaged in violence. And that's simply not correct. And it's, it's being taken to a, a dangerous totalitarian level with, I'm sure your listeners have heard of, you know, how uh, all of the big tech companies, they deep platform the president there. They took the ended a uh, parlor, which is a competitor to Twitter. Um, this is, we're in really dangerous territory now. And, and frankly, if anybody ought to resign out of this, it ought to be Magaziner. How come? And talk about that. And, and, and I'm also wondering how much you think that maybe he felt compelled to do this because now that Governor Raimondo, which we will talk about, is leaving for D.C., Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee will be the governor. Magaziner, who is planning or was planning on running for governor, suddenly maybe now he feels pressure to kind of up his game a little bit. Um, do you think that maybe his run for governor and McKee now going to be the governor, that put pressure on him and 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 what makes you think that now Magaziner should resign? Well, 
I think, I mean, the, the first assumption everybody has come to, and I think correctly, is this is Magaziner trying to get get out ahead, attracting the votes of the progressives yes. um, for the next election. So he'll get some goodwill with them and, and he'll have plenty of time to sort of walk it back and try to seem a little more reasonable as things move along. Um, and But uh, to me, it looks transparently political um, and why it's abusive office for him to be using his own, his state letterhead. Um, but I, well, I think, I think, well, I said, I said if, if anybody should <laughs> Magaziner. For one thing, this is he's the general treasurer. <laughs> this is not his role to be calling out other um, other elected officials, especially right after an election. And that's for their his voters to decide. And but but the most irresponsible thing is this this creation of this atmosphere in which no no trial, no discussion, no differing opinions. If you fall afoul of the left and their cancel culture then you're done. They, they want you to be done. Your voters don't matter. What you did as a person doesn't matter. It's, it's anything. You, you, they disagree with you. You have no rights. That's basically what uh, Seth Magaziner is push promoting here. And, it, and it's, it's terrible. It's, it, should be, it should be denounced by the members of his own party, but they, they can't because either they, they secretly agree with it or they're scared of, uh, of their base. And in Rhode Island, you, there's, it's, it's a, let's just say it's a lot easier to be elected if you're a Democrat. So even ones who, who vehemently disagree will not say anything to that effect. You know what else? And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. It's with Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCard.com. We're talking about a, a rep that last Wednesday he went down to Washington, actually last Tuesday, and then he was there, posted, I guess, some pictures of himself uh, at the Capitol, not inside, not accused of any wrongdoing. Um, Justin, what I also thought was – uh, minority leader Blake Filippi, he issued a statement saying, when, when, this is about action. This isn't even about actions. They want to go after him because of his thoughts, because he posted that he thought the election was the election was not on the up and up. He thought, meaning Justin Price now, that Antifa and BLM could have been involved in, inside the Capitol. And, and they're trying to say his mere presence there was aiding and embedding an insurrection against the government. So based on that, they want him to resign, be forced out of office. And on Saturday night, they already started fundraising efforts for a member of the co-op collaborative that just lost to him in the, the November election. Now, all of this talk about overturning an election and President Biden. Well, what about the people that elected Representative Price to to serve them at the Rhode Island State House? Sure, exactly. That's exactly on point. The there are no standards. I mean, we just spent four years here hearing about Russia Gate and all this, and and the 2016 election was illegitimate. And uh, I mean, the hypocrisy across the left is is just astounding. I mean, we, we I'm sure everybody's seen the, the the quotes and the memes on on social media of the the high profile Democrats saying the riot should continue. Uh, you know, that's just there's um, there even now there are news media saying that the there have to be purges and cleansing, I think was the term um, of of conservatives and Trump supporters from from civil society. I mean, it's, it's such dangerous, incredibly dangerous rhetoric from the left. And now because a portion of a rally demonstration got out of hand, suddenly this means anybody anybody associated with any part of it has to be has to be thrown out of a window and, and depersoned. I mean that's this is totalitarian stuff. It it doesn't get any clearer than this. If we're if we're gonna learn at all from history, that's the message. And I I would caution people you you have to be careful about what you're what you fall into denouncing, what you where you draw your line. So okay if let's say Representative Price was right outside the Capitol. Is that too close? I mean, he, a lot of, one thing from, that's interesting from the videos is the, the actual entry and breaking through barriers was very quick because the police just weren't prepared for it. So if you were 10 minutes back, 15 minutes back in the march, you got there and you could stroll right up to the building. There was, uh, there was no resistance and there were police standing around not doing anything. So a lot of people would have gotten that far without even knowing there had been anything that happened. But so what's the line? Is it up to the building? Is it at the demonstration? Is it thinking maybe there was something fishy with the election? Is there not being ready to throw President Trump in jail? Where where, where does the, the wrong think and the, the self-censorship have to line fall? So that's the idea that, you know, the 
some representative who happened to be there and had had his own ideas about how it, it began. And a lot of this we're not allowed to talk about almost. For example, there's one of the people who got close up video of Ashley Babbitt being shot was a known Antifa slash BLM activist who his own video shows him encouraging people to go in a video into the building. Um, I mean, so whether that was a decisive group of people, it's not, it's simply factual that they were there. Some of them were there. So for the representative to express the opinion that they were central to rallying, riling up the crowd, it's not so far out of the realm of possibility that it's it's insane and he ought to be pulled out of office. I mean, that's just, and that's just an indication of where they are. And I think uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but another aspect, almost like an, oh, and also by the way, in Magaziner's letter, is that Justin Price didn't decline to wear a mask at a, that's at a right. session of the General Assembly, which is, yes. again, so outrageous. I mean, it's not as if, I mean, the, the reaction we're getting for this stuff is as if he went there as a visible knock the door down yeah well no yes. i mean almost like he was visibly oh. leprous you know and, and oozing yes. sores and walking up and hugging people. oh I mean, he went to general assembly session with no mask so they had to sit him in a special room yes yeah but you know he's he, uh, presumably nobody's alleged that he had any symptoms so he goes there there's no distancing there's probably plexiglass everybody's bathed in hand sanitizer i mean whether you think that's that's a little bit reckless or not. And COVID, by the way, is not the plague. It's not Ebola. Uh, yet we're supposed to act like this is some kind of outrageous, you, you could have killed everybody in the General Assembly by showing up without a mask kind of a thing. And between these two, I think Magaziner has helpfully at least captured the, the craziness of what we're being told we have to believe and instructed we have to behave as if these things are are just beyond the pale. I, I mean, it's 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 insane. I've had conversations and on um, Mike Stenhouse's in a dugout show, he had Ray Rickman, who's who's a man of the left, no, well known in Providence. But I, Mike asked me how this compares with with the riots we've seen. And I said, there's no comparison that those riots were exponentially worse. And yes. Rickman's face was as if he couldn't even conceive of somebody thinking about that. But if you if you look at this was a rally, a rally, a demonstration got out of hand. There was some destruction, mostly of replaceable things like windows. I mean, you, if you look inside, priceless photos, priceless paintings are still there. Statues are still standing versus months of sustained sieges of the White yes. House cities there's no comparison and yet we're supposed to believe this is some kind of oh my goodness an insurrection that's never happened before i mean it's not even unusual for the left to, to take over government buildings and occupy them for a time i mean it's just it's 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 gaslighting almost to the definition mm. folks quick break a lot more ahead justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com right here on the john DePietro show MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. 
Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Levy. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com, as well as Facebook, Preferred towing they can also you know they buy older vintage cars maybe it's from the 60s 70s maybe you have one it's been sitting in, in your garage for who knows how long the last 15 years and you keep saying you know someday i'm going to restore that but how about instead call today 401-725-8500 call for a fair offer today it's preferred towing in recovery located in lincoln 401-725-8500 Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCard.com. Justin, I want to pick up on something that you mentioned, and that is immediately after the events of Wednesday, They immediately, and I really noticed it in the local media, and what some people don't realize, if you're not on Twitter, you can't see where, in fact, some of them weigh in personally. Immediately, they start to use the term domestic terrorists for, (coughs) excuse me, for those that were at the Capitol. And this was right after it happened. And and I would argue, and you know, we never saw that term, term during the course of the summer. How else would you describe I mean, look what they did in in Portland. That was every single night, what they did to the courthouse. But we can come even in Minneapolis, they burned the police station on the ground. Providence, the night of the riot. How else would you describe what went on in the the city of Providence where immediately people like uh, Mayor Lorza, even the head of the Rhode Island State Police, the head of the state police the day after the riot, Providence was saying he thought it was Antifa that came in. Um, and speculating. Alorza said these were not people, even Governor Mundo, these were not Rhode Islanders. These were people from outside. It turned out they were all people from Rhode Island, and the people they arrested for torching the cruiser, one lived in Providence, the other one lived right over the line in Cranston. But what about the fact that the local media immediately starting to refer to them as domestic terrorists? Well, I I think if, if you want a lesson in what the news media looks like in a totalitarian autocratic state, we're really starting to get one. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. And, and like you, I noticed the language immediately. I mean, we've, as I said before, we've been hearing about mostly peaceful pro- protests, yes. et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> they, when they, when they can't report on things, when they can get away with it, they don't even report on some of these, a lot of these incidents uh, when it's on the left. And yet instantly, as if you know, some years ago, some of your listeners may remember, there was a thing called the journal list, which was a, a listserv, an, a, an email list shared by a bunch of journalists where they crafted their their stories in order to help the Democrat Party, essentially, uh, that you, you get the impression that that's alive and well somewhere, because instantly it was a, a quote, violent, inter, uh, violent insurgency of of a uh, Trump supporters. I mean, that was just the term you had to use uh, as if as if that was their their name. And they they'd put that on their press releases. I mean, that's we're, we're really to the point now that it's it's just so blatant. It's not news. It's 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 spin. It's uh, propaganda in service of a particular political party. Now, with the aid of of giant corporations that control much of the the language of our of our discourse and communication now uh, this this is scary stuff and if if journalists aren't even pausing to say hey hold on a second can we really can we really be that uh, that extreme in our rhetoric that this was that we're just objectively calling this a violent insurrection um i i think we we're, we're really we're in dark place and i think people need to start asking their even down to their local journalists to to consider maybe maybe they're they're not quite following their calling here if they're if they're just providing propaganda for the incoming administration you you touch on something that's exactly right i mean all we heard about was the mostly peaceful protesters and it was even there were cries on the other side that it was racism if you focused on the looting 
and, uh, and, and, you know, some of the fires that were burned and, and they'd say, oh yeah, you always just focus on that. Not majority of them were peaceful. Well, when you're talking about, there were over 100,000 people that were in DC. And from what we understand, when, if you just look at the, the sheer number of it, it was a very small percentage that uh, infiltrated the Capitol. Did any form of, de- I mean, less than 1% of 1%. And yet that becomes um, the narrative. And I also want to point out, if they want to go down this road um, regarding the situation with Representative Justin Price, I've had Dan McGowan, uh, Justin Katz of the Boston Globe mentioned, the night of the riot in Providence, that city council person, Kat Kerwin, she was at the mall. Now, no one's alleging she went inside, but she was there when the riot broke out. Now, you haven't heard any ramifications on that. She was also the one advocating for vandalism and destruction of the Columbus statue, which they had to take down. We witnessed a summer and fall of total mob rule. And um, and yet suddenly when it's flipped, they, these people suddenly are, are deemed um, – Domestic terrorists. What do you think is going to happen with Representative uh, Price? I mean, they do have a petition against him. I guess they're not in session this week. They're not back till next week. So it's not the way it normally goes where they go every week. But uh, uh, Speaker Sakachi, his statement of, you know, unless there's some wrongdoing, I don't I don't want to hear about this. They really seem to be attacking him for sharing some of his thoughts on Twitter. That's really what it's about. His actions didn't warrant anything. The guy didn't break the law. He went down there. There's no reason to believe there's any authorities looking for him. How do you think this plays out? Well, I think taking the lead from Speaker Shikarchi and and the Republican Party and a minority caucus, they none of none of them seem to be hesitant. And I was a little worried about that because I you know I get I get magaziners press releases as soon as they they're issued. So on a Saturday night, yep. pop there it is on my in my email box. Um, and I was worried at the time if you started to see Shikarchi say, "Well, we need sort of sort of taking the same kind of attitude," what I thought it was uh, Senate President Ruggiero uh, when uh, Nick Kettle came in hot water legally. Yes, you know there, that was very different rhetoric, very different. You know, we're going to investigate this and see if there's any reason to knock him out of, to. to to exclude him from the Senate, they're, we're not getting that, and I, I don't see any indication that they're going to discover that Representative Price did anything illegal. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any new information that's going to come out. So no. I think we already pretty well know where the Speaker falls on this. The Republicans are, to their credit, uh, seeming to back uh, Representative Price and not, not back away from him. So I, I think this, and a lot of people who follow. Uh, kind of somewhat as about as insider as you can get on the right in Rhode Island. It's not very far, but um, they, they on Saturday night were telling me to, Oh, just ignore this. This will go away. He's just playing for governor. Uh, And so, you know, I, I think that's probably, we'll probably get a little bit of a, we'll probably get a little bit of a, a, whirlwind about it in the news media because it's fun and it, it accords with their worldview. And I'm sure magazine there and and some of these candidates will will raise some money off this uh but i suspect it, it goes away in in pretty short order especially as we start talking about you know the new governor and, and budgets and that sort of thing folks our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing at oceanstatecart.com just another thought on this is and i want to just lay this out the real message from the progressives regarding this justin price this is what they really meant is if you went down to Washington to support Trump, you should resign. That's really what they were saying. They were trying to thread the needle, come up with these different things. He was uh, aiding and abetting an insurrection. He wouldn't wear his mask the other day. He was all this dangerous rhetoric about the election. What it really comes down to, their real feel at their core is you shouldn't even be heard or held office if you have those beliefs. And as far as just the attitude you know, someone that I think we've, we've talked about before is he was a reporter for the Providence Journal, Mike Stanton, and he now teaches journalism at UConn. And I've known Mike a long time. I've interviewed him many times. He had a book out. But I noticed yesterday he immediately tweeted out, now there's a second dead officer and, you know, or something like that and, and that, like that. And then when you read it, um, there was an officer that was injured Wednesday. But um, that was he was injured with the crowd. But the one yesterday had nothing to do with injuries from the from the riot or from the the protests at the Capitol. My point is, 
this is someone who's worked in media, who's teaching journalism at UConn, and below the comments that he was citing, someone asked, is this related to what happened Wednesday? And the, the answer was no. Um, you know, I find that troubling that here's someone who teaches students who the truth is right there. It had nothing to do with it. But again, if you just read the headline, it would seem another person died from injuries connected to Wednesday. Yeah, Mike Stanton's one who, I mean, for his career, he probably should never have gotten on Twitter. But for for the rest of us, it's, it's, it's good that he's out there because he really shows you this is this is I mean, as I said, the the news media at this point is little more than propaganda for the, a left wing state. And he's showing you he's the one teaching them how to do that right this is oh another officer died there's your headline and then in you know paragraph whatever it's it's you know from suicide not related uh it, a similar story over the weekend was a uh, somebody had was arrested for packing up a truck with uh with weapons to go kill joe biden uh and i think it was a washington post story that was the headline and you get to paragraph 15 you learn that he was actually a a, a bernie supporter not a crazy Trump supporter. Uh, that's right. that's how they do it. Mike Stanton, for example, when when COVID was ramping up, uh, he he was writing and tweeting a lot about how you have to close churches. There's a church in Canada where several where people died. But if you read the story, they caught it wasn't it wasn't a church service. It was it was a birthday party at a church, and then afterwards they had an open buffet where they all gathered together in a hall. Much a much different story than what he was selling in a headline. And I so I I think that's that's the, the reality of what they're doing. They've got a story they want to sell, and they will propagandize people until until mm. that's the only reality we're allowed to acknowledge. That was like kind of they. He was one of the people putting out on. Twitter towards even college students. If you don't like the mask and hate the ventilator, as if college students were being put on ventilators. I mean, it was just completely disproportionate. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCard.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Well, Justin, the other big news uh, is, in fact, Governor Raimondo did accept the nomination now to be President-elect Joe Biden's Commerce Secretary. She still has to pass Senate confirmation. Um Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee will become the governor. This is not expected to happen for some time. I'm hearing that it could be well into March before she gets confirmed. She's also said she won't resign until that time. Um, the This is very extraordinary. 
Uh, I think politically, it's a great move by the governor. But I know that um, Ocean State Current and the Center for Freedom and Prosperity certainly were less impressed with um, who it was that was selected. And it is true that in the CNBC list, Rhode Island was listed, I believe, dead last number 50 as far as business friendly. And now the governor of that state is going to be head of commerce. Yeah, well, the I mean, <laughs> I guess my skepticism was incorrect, but I, I think as you you pointed to Mike Stenhouse's press release from the Center for Freedom and Prosperity, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is sort of... <laughs> With Raimondo leaving, leaving the state, Rhode Island's gain is the, the nation's loss. I mean, the, the comparison to the outgoing um, Commerce Secretary, whose name, Wilbur Ross, um, here's a guy who's, who's re, helped to reorder industries, who's got a 55-year track record in, in finance, and that's being replaced by a one-and-a-half-term governor, former Treasury Secretary, who had, a, for when she was younger, had a finance company. Uh, you know, it's not exactly a master of industry who's taking over this commerce role. So, I, I think it's. I, I think Rhode Island will probably benefit from the move. Um, not only having another powerful person in Washington, but also not having Gina Raimondo as the governor. But I think. It's it's not clear to me how you get to Gina Raimondo as the person running running your commerce department at the, the federal level. I'm sure she'll put together a top-notch well, PR team for herself, though. That's for sure. Well, I mean, for her politically, it's an incredible move, and she becomes a national figure. I mean, there's no downside to her. This is a total win. But what did you think of in her tweet? She said, you know, not only am I honored, but I hope to then help create good union-paying jobs. Now, commerce, when you think, I mean, that's supposed to be industry and companies and businesses and here you have the person who's going to be in charge of that talking about you know looking to create good union paying jobs didn't you don't you find that a little odd justin katz yeah i mean especially i, th I think it was the the mayor of boston was a was a also nominated to be the labor secretary. So you've, you've already yeah, got Marty a, Walsh will be labor. You've secretary. already got a yeah. labor secretary. Who's who's watching out for the businesses, uh, for for actual commerce and advocating to keep things flowing? Uh, it's it it's going to be a, a painful four years uh, with with the Biden administration. And you know, to me, the the nomination of Raimondo continues that because as as you say, you get that you you get that emphasis on inappropriate emphasis on a different department labor uh, from the commerce secretary. I mean, this is government you want competing interests. You want everybody to have a voice to get to the best result. And we're not going to get the best result. We're going to get, we're going to get the, the progressive result that, that they're pushing. I mean, you can see it even in, in Joe Biden's rhetoric, you know, we're, we're going to release the funds and we're going to make sure that we give it to, to minorities and, and uh, to, to racial and, and, gender minorities you know that's 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 his sense of unity is we're gonna we're gonna use this money to bring the country together and we're gonna ignore half the country and conservatives that's kind of the raymondo attitude I, and we saw it even with her her governor for the day you know where only only girls could apply that's that's the attitude that's going to be going to commerce and i think it's it's going to be very bad for the country well we, we, you know, I think most people won't, don't know, and you and I both know, they don't know who the Commerce Secretary is. For Rhode Island Governor Gina Rondo, this fits in very nicely into her uh, uh, political plan. And, and also, I saw that Steve Frias had called her an ambitious uh, uh, politician. And then he got blowback from that, from uh, Wendy Schiller and some others saying, oh, how, what, what is it, wrong for a woman to be ambitious? Is that what you mean? She, I think this was, I thought this would happen. It was a good calculated move. This, what this really does is this expands her ability to raise money. Because if your commerce, not only is it national and everybody takes your phone call, if you're running for office and you're trying to raise money, one of the most frustrating things is people don't return your phone calls. This, people return your phone call. It's national. It's even international because you could help successful companies here maybe get in routes to in, into India or into Asia, or like pick a country, you know, somewhere out there, there's a CEO and we don't know who they are, but they're very successful. And, and they will meet with commerce secretary Ramundo and her people and say, if you can help me get, make inroads into 
you know, pick a South American country. I, you know, I'm going to, my revenue is going to go up by 20% and my stock is going to go up by 10%. I mean, there, <clears throat> there's a lot of money to be made in, in that job. Um, but also now, so Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, he is the one in waiting. I thought it was interesting in the interview he did with the Providence Journal. Do you realize they have not spoken in over a year? He hasn't uh, had any type of meeting with her in over a year and doesn't respond to any of her calls. What's your reaction to that, Justin? Yeah, I, I saw that. He, he just found out Thursday, apparently, about that he uh, the governor was, was going to be nominated. Uh, to me, you know, it, as you just articulated, this is a, a great move for Raimondo. It's something she had to have in her plans. And it, the, the rumors about it, I'm sure she didn't exactly squash them. Um, if that was the case, I would expect a good, responsible leader to have been setting up her successor to shift into office, right? I mean, you don't even have to say, hey, I might be nominated. Why don't you come around more often? You just start doing it, right? And I've been saying this all along, especially with COVID-19. Okay, Lieutenant Governor, here's this thing that might kill me. So why don't you come and I'll, I'll get you up to speed on what we're doing here? That sort of thing, the fact that that hasn't been happening and it's just all of a sudden with, even if it's two months, two months to go from zero to 90 uh, in the middle of a, a pandemic uh, with an economy on the ropes, that's a lot to ask of a somebody from who's been, had, essentially had no job and no role in her administration. So I think it's it's a show to me of, of very poor leadership that she's she's held him off this long um, and, and not incorporated him into her activities because now he's got to figure it all out and, and jump right in. It's, it's really not a, a good way to go about things. It's part of the problem with Fort Island that they don't run as a team in Massachusetts. When Paul Salucci left to become the uh, <clears throat> ambassador for president Bush to Canada, then Lieutenant governor Swift took over. They had been a team, uh, but here they, they, they do not. I'm told that it, that this, this really stems from, let's face it. McKee, he beat Aaron Ruggenberg, a little over 2,000 votes. I think it was 2,400 votes in that primary. And the feeling was that was also the same time, September 2018, Ramundo, she did have a primary against Matt Brown. So her people went out and voted. I'm told that they felt that had she not had a primary and therefore not been on the ballot, that McKee would have lost to Ruggenberg and that McKee was ungrateful that a lot of people, the 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 the, the feeling was that people that voted for Mundo then also voted for McKee. They weren't Ruggenberg voters. So that he was less than apparently like an ingrate, the fact that they felt that if it wasn't for them, they, they helped deliver his victory. And he never demonstrated that in any way. And I don't know what that means, but I have heard that from good sources. What do you make, though, Justin? Out of the box, he's got the spotlight. and Immediately, he has to go into quarantine. Because supposedly he came in contact with someone with COVID. Well, you know that's that's going to happen in this in this kind of environment where we're we're making people lock themselves up for a week to two weeks because they happen to come in contact with somebody who may or may not have been symptomatic when they saw them and test positive. Um, the only the main thing that comes out of that for me is his his quote that no one is above the rules of quarantine, which uh, you know to me I expect him to be a, somewhat better on on policies from my point of view than Raimondo was. I'm not expecting him to be courageous. Um, Those sorts of quotes are why, you know, there's, you know, there's no hint that he's, he's going to push back on some of the orthodoxies about quarantining or this or that or the other thing. Um, And so I I think that's, that's really it. But as far as why Raimondo might have bad blood with him, I just, just think about that. He was ungrateful. You know, come on, yeah. you you run a state of a million people. Yeah. According to your belief system, we're in the middle of a pandemic that's killing grandma when you go out of the house without a mask on. And you're going to give the cold shoulder to the guy who replaces you because he was ungrateful that that um, your, your voters saved yeah. Rhode Island from the terrible yeah. government. I mean, right. He'd be coming the governor. Yeah, that, I'm not, Let me I'm ask you this, terrifying. though. Let me ask you this, though. I'm going to give you three choices. And let's just see. Who do you think he picks? They're saying that McKee has the right to pick his lieutenant governor. The General Assembly is trying to jump into action here. And they say they also want to try to pass legislation where then it would have to be run through them and they actually get final say. But right now, just three names that have popped out. One is Middletown Rep. Lou De Palma. 
The second one is Central Falls former mayor, who's now out of office, James Diosa. And then the third one, someone who stepped forward says she'd like it, is that Donna Nesselbush, who was um, in the uh, she had been in the General Assembly and she's out now. Just your thoughts, Justin Katz, if you're McKee and you're very, you know, he he's running for governor. So this is going to be a political move of those three. Which one do you think he picks? Well, as a first as a first view, I, I think he goes with Diosa um, <clears throat> because they, you know, they've already expressed some sympathy as, as fellow mayors in that part of the state. Uh, they obviously have worked together and, and know each other. He's also a minority um, term limited out in his role uh, and considered more to the left, I think, than McKee. So setting him up in lieutenant governorship as then sort of an heir apparent would be a, a pretty obvious move for McKee to make. Yeah. Um, I think that's the move. Yeah. Let me just jump in because DePom is out. You get nothing from him. He's another white male. The thing about it is who is going to be coming after him for that Democrat primary for governor? Be Alorza, Latino vote in Providence, and Nelly Gobia, who also maybe could make that. Diosa helps you cut into that. Nestlebush doesn't bring you anything. I believe that ethnic background slash race, I believe that trumps gender. Meaning I think Diosa... Latino, make history as the first uh, Latino lieutenant governor, helps you in Central Falls, helps you in Pawtucket, uh, helps you maybe even neutralizes in Providence. I think Diosa is is the choice over, you know, some the Democratic uh, Women's Caucus was saying he should consider a woman. At first I thought that, but now I think the real battle in the Democrat primary September of 22 that the real battle will be for that Latino vote. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think um, yeah. if, if it were the gender card might have a different play if, if it were somebody who also was a minority or, or that to give, yeah. to give. And I, I you know, I, I just have to put, give the, the disclaimer here that I really hate discussing politics in this way, but, but it's the way they, it's <laughs> well, the way they force you to do it. it is. It's, it's the decisions they're going to yes. make. I Come mean, it's on. just, it's yes. just so wrong on so many levels, but it's, it's reality. Of course it is. Uh, but, 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 but you and I would be out of touch if we didn't play into that. That's what also, I want to just mention this final note. That's what also is so remarkable about governor Mundo getting that because right now you think about that smallest state. She initially endorsed Bloomberg. We are ranked dead last in business, CNBC. Uh, easily, easily Biden could have just picked someone who is Asian or someone who is African-American or could have picked someone who is is just, you know, in a more strategic state. Um, that's what makes it even that much more extraordinary that Governor Mundo was selected, because that's that is how Biden has been playing the whole thing. And um, and I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, this may be. Just the fact that she got the Biden people to select her, <clears throat> maybe her greatest accomplishment ever, even more than winning the elections that she's won. When you think about it, she won an election because she got the Biden people to select her. And over some pretty, you know, Meg Whitman was tossed out there. So there's some people that certainly wouldn't mind having the, the commerce job. Or you think normally to pick someone from Florida or maybe someone from Georgia or maybe someone from, you know, Arizona or another state that you see or is Michigan, another maybe potential battleground state. Try to have some uh, gain some ground there. Could have picked Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan, but the fact that Governor Mundo got selected that is that is no small feat, folks. He is the um, managing editor of OceanStateCart.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, excellent as always. Stay safe.